Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's episode, I'm joined by Ron Bauer. Ron is the president of Brick Path Group and Interview Path and an, an OU Bobcat, which I won't hold that against him as a Kent State Golden Flash. So Ron, welcome to the show. I love the fact that we started with the Bobcat part, so thank you. Uh, I do appreciate that. So uh, looking forward to the conversation today. I have to admit the, uh, the intro, there's a little bit of pressure in that intro uh, for me, but uh, looking forward to the conversation. You're kind of a big deal, right? That's uh, that's kind of that's that's my thing. At, le at least in my mind, yeah. so well in, in my mind uh, and my mom's. So that's, that's <laughs> a good go. start. Fantastic. So for those that don't know you or haven't had a pleasure to meet you over the years, would you mind sharing a little bit about you and then the two companies that I referenced, so people have some insight on what you're doing every day? Yeah. So. Maybe a quick version of the, the background part before I started my businesses. So I spent 27 years in uh, corporate life, all in banking, all in Cleveland. Uh, the first 10 years were not HR. I actually uh, transitioned to HR in about middle of year 10 and 11 of, of my career. Uh, spent the first part in uh, a combination of uh, starting a management training program and spent most of my time in operations and technology, doing a lot of people management, a lot of people and projects and merger uh, process management, that kind of thing. So uh, that was the early part. Spent 17 years in HR, predominantly as either uh, in today's language, uh, an HR business partner or, uh, or managing HR business partners or in uh, recruiting leadership roles. I uh, did that in a couple of different banks as well. Uh, that all led into just a little over 10 years ago. Um, I started, a, I decided to step out of that, start a consulting practice uh, focused in HR. Uh, and uh, what's now become by name uh, has become the Brick Path Group. Uh, within that, I spend most of my personal time, not counting the business development side, I spend my personal time with clients predominantly doing executive coaching, leadership training, so training groups of leaders and team development work. Uh, then I have a great team of people uh, with me who also, they, they do the heavy lifting on our uh, executive recruiting practice. So we do that. And then Interview Path is a, a software company that I started about four years ago. And Interview Path is a, a, a product that, that creates customized interview guides to simplify and standardize the, the interview process. Congrats, yeah, no, I, I know we've talked a few times about that business and being in this, the staffing space and working with yeah. HR, some really cool things you have going on there. So yeah, it's a lot of, of fun. Yeah, yeah, speaking of HR, I'd like to start at a high level and just kind of get a foundation of your viewpoint of the profession and the discipline. So how would you describe the purpose of human resources? Yeah, um, and it's a it's a great question from a from lots of different angles. I'll say I grew up and and really as I learned HR as I moved into HR, you know, uh, earlier in my career, I, I happened to be surrounded by people and HR directors who believed that there were two different ways that that people that you did HR. You were either focused on uh, making all the employees happy, uh, or you were focused on driving leader and helping create leadership. 
uh, and driving that standpoint. So I definitely resonated in more of that trickle down approach, right? If you could go in and, and enable leaders to create a great place to work. Uh, and if you could do that by making a, a really solid bottom line business impact, then you, then you were doing your job like that. So that was really how I grew up in HR and the, the people I learned from the most, that was their uh, point of view. So how, how did you at that time in, in particular define that success? Was that through uh, man, manager development, through succession planning? Was it through bottom line results once you develop those leaders? Kind of, kind of share with me a little of that trickle down effect and some of the successes you would you'd be able to experience from that. Yeah, so, and maybe a, a little bit from the, what, what I referred to now is having a real job versus being a consultant, but uh, from a real job standpoint, you know, I, I, um, here, here's some of the ways I measured it. The, I'll get just quick story. Um, a senior leader uh, that was leading a big t- uh, part of an organization I worked for at the time uh, promoted one of his direct reports. And he asked this person, what are the two things you need? What are the top two things you need to be successful? And one of those top two things she said was she needed the, the HR support that I provided. She wanted me to be there as part of that. And that to me was a measure, right? It's, you know, when a leader says, um, in order for me to be successful in my new bigger, broader job, I need this HR professional with me by my side. Uh, Like that was a great measure. Uh, On a flip side, um, this wasn't about me. This was about somebody that worked for me. I was talking to a leader. This was during my recruiting leadership days. And I had a conversation with a leader I was gonna be moving some recruiters around and changing their areas of responsibility uh, for their development, right? They'd all been in their spots for a couple of years. It was time to move them around. And I went to them and I said, hey, I'm gonna move this person uh, you know, from here and I'm gonna give you this, this uh, new great recruiter. And he said, that's great, you can do that, but just understand that tonight I'm gonna to run you over in the parking lot. And I said, oh, I see, that is just a great measure. Like, I, that was the, after that, that was always my goal. Like if someone would have said, we're going to take Ron away from you, that's the reaction I want. I want that reaction that somebody is not going to be happy about that at all. Um, and so Hopefully, from that obviously standpoint. They, obviously they didn't, or you bounced off of the back of their uh, car. I, uh, I, I jumped. Uh, no, you jumped. I, oh, good. You knew I, it was coming. I delayed, I, I delayed the movement while I thought it about a little bit. Uh, but it, it, eventually we did make the move, but it, but it really was for me. And I say it obviously somewhat jokingly, but that reaction from a manager that says, you cannot take my HR person away from me. And the reason is, right, and this, I think this gets to specifically to what you're talking about. The, um, that person made an impact on his business, right? They understood his business. They made an impact on his business and they made it easier for him to run his business. And that's, that's why we're here. And whether that was, you know, me as an internal uh, HR professional or me as an HR consultant, it's really the same goal, right? I have, now I just happen to have a lot of different clients in different buildings instead of all in, in one building. But that kind of impact uh, that where you know you've, you've helped them grow their business, you've helped them t- take the turn, you've helped them you've enabled them to be an even more effective leader themselves so that they can run their business more effectively. So that, that's, what, that's always what I'm striving for. 
Now it makes a ton of sense. If you're, if you're really driving toward kind of servant leadership and your ability to help others grow and develop, then those results and the fruits of your labor will, will show. And I think uh, th those are two cool examples that you gave. Yeah. So one of the main principles, Ron, in the book is, is for people to think differently and, and act, act differently as it relates to the function of HR. And I'm curious as to how you might suggest people doing that. You know, again, you've got a unique set of experience with both in corporate practicing human resources and other business functions, as well as being a consultant. So how would you suggest that the, the, the practicing HR person think differently? Um, a couple, number one, never stop learning. Number two, um, learn from outside your industry and learn from outside our profession. Don't just pay attention to what people are doing. Like I spent all that time in banking. I was not gonna learn a lot of great, interesting, creative things by looking at other banks, right? That was my opinion. Sorry to any of the bankers that are listening. Uh, but I did believe by looking at other industries and what they were doing, I was gonna learn more. And you know, it like a specific example, when, uh, at a time where I was leading a recruiting function for an organization, where a lot of you know, where my boss would have said, "Oh, you know, if you want, you can go to a conference, you can go to some event, you can learn." Here are these recruiting events, um, and I said, I looked around and I came back and said, "I want to go to this uh, program that's for salespeople," uh, and it, it had nothing to do with HR, but it was all about sales, and I just believed you know, as, as many people do, you know, conceptually, there's a lot in, in recruiting, there is a fair amount of sales, right? Uh, going both uh, every direction in that. And I, you know, I spent a day at a sales conference uh, with no HR people in sight. And, and it was just really deep learning at that point. So yeah. I think that's it, just really just look more broadly. Yeah, uh, I guess it's the, the quick summary of that. Yeah, continuous learning and, and get outside of your world because sometimes you can get pretty myopic and focused on what it is your industry is doing and you, you might kind of tend to lean toward those buzzwords. And I know you being in the search business, we, we, we share that commonality in our business. Sometimes it's hard for me to hear a client say, I only want someone that, that's from my industry. And I think sometimes for clients, I, I get why they're going down that path, but you can really right. miss out on some great talent. Well, the... It's, I 100% agree, and and one of the one of the things that I will point out to people occasionally, depending on my relationship with them, uh, is you know, what I see is what I'll describe as a lot of unearned arrogance from people that just believe that their industry. You have to know this industry. You have to have only been in this industry, and uh, I think you're just missing out on so much at that point. And it, it just it's rarely and, you know, unless you're a doctor, right? I'll give you that. If you're a doctor, you know hopefully you were a doctor before. Uh, outside of that, most other things, I think you can, you can change industries pretty easily. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, speaking of changing, sometimes there's HR professionals that are out there that uh, may, may be deemed by employees as I, I don't like them. Uh, and, and for whatever reason that might be, uh, people, employees, managers, et cetera, might have a dislike or, or, or not trusting HR. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it, it, um, the, the, here's the funny thing. The, now you get to see how my brain works. So here's the first thing that popped into my head is I could, I could walk you through, and I won't do this right now because we won't have time. Multiple times uh, during my professional career where I met someone socially and they said, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm, I, I'm blah, blah, blah. I work in HR. 
and they literally laughed out loud. Um, and and you know, admittedly, I felt it was a little mean, uh, but I typically would take the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper. And 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 here's what I figured out uh, from that. I would say number one reason that people dislike HR uh, is that they don't understand what HR is really doing. And, and part of that problem's on the HR professionals for people not, not allowing it to be seen, right? What's going on? Because admittedly, a lot of it's behind the scenes. You're influencing a lot, right? I mean, it, to do the things that, that we do effectively, we're influencing leaders behind closed doors, right? So people don't necessarily see it. So I don't think people understand it or they've never seen really good HR. What they're used to is, um, you know, we'll, I'll use a very old term, they're used to personnel, right? They're used to the days of personnel where it was it was hire, fire, um, basically hire, fire, make sure people had benefits uh, and, and not what we would know today as HR from that bigger, broader strategic uh, business partner. So I, I think that's most of it. And, the, and maybe the other thing is that maybe somewhere along the line, they were a performance or behavior problem. Uh, and their experience with HR is uh, on being on the wrong side of that desk. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes, and rightfully so, if your, your limited interaction with HR is when you get hired and when you get fired, then your perception of them is, is to, your, to your point, that kind of old school uh, personnel mindset. Yeah. And HR should really be strategically aligned in getting both groups, the employees and the employer, to be successful. And now that, that's, right. that's the part where I think doing it like a boss is not easy. It's not for everyone. And there's a lot of components go into it. And so right. go, going well, further... And Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, because that, you know, those are the piece that's the visible part, right? It's like thinking that the only thing that exists in a bank are tellers, of course, because that's all, that's the only thing I see. I don't see all the other stuff going on behind it. So I do think there's an opportunity for us as HR professionals to just to help people understand what we're doing, right? Some of that's on us, right? I, I can't blame them. They just don't know. They haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, speaking of that, onboarding and getting them into an organization. I know you've, you've dedicated your career, especially now as a consultant and doing your search work and with interview path on attracting talent into an organization. So how do you see that working best with your clients? Yeah, so uh, the, there's so much to it, but here's how I would summarize it. There, like the biggest places that we can make an impact uh, to a business as it relates to, you know, how you attract and, and, and bring people into an organization. Number one, any effort you put into creating a great employment brand, you know, what are you doing to make sure people understand, you know, what, and, and at least my definition of employment brand is what do people on the street say about your organization as a place to work, right? And there's lots of inputs into that, but whatever effort you can put into that to help everyone else understand who you are as a place to work. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. Uh, number two, I think whatever you're doing to improve the candidate experience uh, through the whole process, uh, whether from your website to the interview to everything in between, uh, how prepared your managers are, are they on time, are they, do they understand what they're asking, do they know how to assess a good answer, right? There's a lot of good things uh, that can happen in there that will create a good positive candidate experience. And I think the other thing, and this, um, you know, kind of flies in the face of, uh, you know, the recruiting practices that we have, is if you have a great employee referral program, 
there, there is nothing that's more impactful for to me. Uh, and I've done a lot of work, a lot of research and, and put a lot of effort into this over the last 15 years. Uh, a great employee referral, referral program can turn an organization around uh, and get great employees who understand what you're about. You have some insight into them to start with. And, and if you can do those things, um, it, I, that's 80% of everything you need to do. I think if you can, if you can impact those, that's your biggest return on investment right there. I can't agree with you more, especially on the employee referral. Cause if you have the right culture and the right core values and the people that are working there are living by those, who's a better advocate, a recruiter than those that want to bring in people that fit into that value. I'm, I'm hopeful that they're doing it in a diverse kind of unbiased way, right? That we don't get a bunch of people right. That look like us and talk like us and act right. like us. So we have that diversity. But I think an employee referral is just, it's, it's the number one place we should go. And, and I know for us internally at our firm, we've been fortunate to have some really great employee referrals that turn out to be yep. wonderful employees. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love to hear that part. Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. So speaking of that, I mean, so, so maybe the answer you've already given it, is as it relates to making sure you have that right long-term fit. Let's say it's not an employee referral or where we might have some bias to think that's your, your first great piece. How do you make sure that that great talent that you're bringing in new into the organization is going to fit long-term? Yeah. And, and I'm going to say, if I could, I'll add to that. I think it's fit and be really successful. Right. And they're going to, they're going to perform well and they're going to stay a long time. Uh, I, I think that, and, and, and just because it's an employer referral doesn't guarantee this, right? You still have to go through the right selection process and, and, and go through that. Um, but uh, from that standpoint, I, I think it's more importantly, and so I put this in the, in the category of 51% of the equation, how do they align from a values, culture, and behavior standpoint? Then talk about their resume, talk about their experience, talk about their their performance, uh, because that's where things typically fall apart in most organizations. People typically don't fail because they can't do a job. Uh, it's because they don't fit in. And, and they're either, they're too much of something, not enough of something. Every culture is a little bit different. Uh, and that's the uh, that's the challenge for HR professionals is to, you know, if you're on the internal side, you understand that culture and you can't compromise that. You can't just hire someone because they're, they've got a great resume and they were a great salesperson at a competitor. If they're a great salesperson who's a, just treats everyone inside the organization horribly, then don't hire them, right? It's just, it's not going to work in the long run. So that, that to me is, that's, uh, they've got to fit. Right. And, and they, that will have that will then they'll perform well, then they'll stay a long time uh, at that point. Yeah, the ironic part for me when I when I started my my firm and did staffing, I, I was fascinated by how many employers make decisions based upon, again, that bullets on the job description. Can your resume does your resume show that you can do the things that this job entails? And, and I agree with you. It is important for them to, to have those skills and knowledge. And expertise that makes them more productive, usually faster. But the right. fit, the the diverse thought process, the connection to your community of employees and, and whatnot that goes on ends up being the reason why you end up leaving a company more times than not. It's not because right. you can't do the job. Yeah, and and that and and part of that 
burdens on a candidate as well, right? I mean, if you're telling your story right, it's really up to a candidate to make sure they feel like they're a good fit too, right? And they don't talk themselves into a job or into a culture that they're not a good fit for, right? I mean, so it does go both ways. So I think it's it's really up to all of us, whether it's internal or external from an HR standpoint, to make sure we're telling the right story about our culture, right? We're, we're giving that realistic preview of the job and the culture and what and what we are about or what this company is about so that I can decide as a candidate whether I fit in or not. Um, and and then if you're the candidate, trust your intuition, right? Does it feel right or not? The the number of times, uh, I know I can say this about myself. I, I give two, I, could, I won't give details. I have two examples in my life where I did not, I, 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 uh, talked myself out of my own intuition, right? I ignored my intuition uh, and I took a job and in both cases, I knew on the first day I'd made a mistake. Um, I stayed, but I knew I had made a mistake literally the first day and that's painful, right? I mean, that, that's, um, that's on me. That was on me as a candidate at that point. The data says, yeah, within one week, you know if you've made a mistake and, and you're- yeah. Quicker. Yeah, it was fast. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. And it's it's tough. I mean, it's getting that hiring right is paramountly important. And and I, I believe in, in my heart that having someone within each hiring team that has an effective skill and knowledge and expertise and being able to get and connect with that employee, that potential employee, that candidate to figure out, is this really right for both of us, right? I mean, I get, I get you can do the job or we have these concerns. You need to develop this skill if you want this and you've taken this assessment and all this stuff, but do we do we have a, can I tell that this is a fit and my best guess, and you, you are making a best guess based upon what four, five, six hours that you spend with someone in an interview and you're trying to predict the next 2000 hours times 10 years if, if right. they're the right long-term fit. So it's yeah really unique thing yeah well it's it's funny I, I think about some conversations i've had in the last week so on one hand i was doing training for a client on interviewing and selection right and more advanced training for a group uh and i and i used the phrase and i didn't make this up but the, the idea of um hire slow and fire fast uh and you know the number of times we get ourselves in trouble as the, as the hiring managers or as the hr professionals we get focused on time to fill right we, we've got to fill this job fast that's the measure of success and i've and i've never believed that that was the measure of success i mean the the quality of hire right i mean some back to our earlier point the quality of hire is the person who performs well and stays right that's that's what it should be measured on so just getting hiring managers focused on that to not hire for the wrong reasons have the unintended consequence of a bad hire uh, and at the flip side uh, you know doing a, you know interviewing a candidate this week for a hr director position uh, and making the comment to them that said okay i'm going to tell you what i believe this culture is about you need to go figure it out and if it's not right for you run just run away as fast as you possibly can. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to force you down that path, right? I mean, you have to decide if it fits for you. And if it does, that's awesome. If it doesn't, I don't want to have this conversation later, right? That, that, that this wasn't a right fit. So it, it's, and it, again, it's up to both sides to, to figure that out. Yeah. Well, for another time, we can maybe write a book on that subject and how, how yeah. to that work out but no there's a yeah couple let me know in there that you shared yeah for sure so get you out of here on the last two questions so i i've asked everyone on my show this one because i think it provides a profound opportunity to, to look back and say 
something to yourself, knowing what you know now, giving yourself that advice. So if, if you had a chance to, to give the younger Ron Bauer some, some input, knowing what you know now, what would that be? Uh, another great question. So good work on that. Um, that unders that I wish I would have known sooner the difference between understanding how a business works is different than understanding what a business does. Like if I think about my early career in banking, I understood quickly, like I was really focused on making sure I understood how, how the business, what the business did, right? I could tell you what all the different people in the bank did but I didn't really understand how a business worked, right? So to go that, the financials, right? Understand the business side, understand the implications of that. I was not a business major in college. Um, I didn't take an accounting class until after I started working in banking. I, I just, I was a communications major in college. Uh, so, you know, I went into banking without the same kind of background that many people did. And so I was behind. Uh, on that. I was ahead maybe of some others on some of the interpersonal parts and relationship parts and, and some of the communication pieces, but I was way behind on really understanding how business really worked. So that, that'd be my big thing that I wish I would have known earlier. Yeah, it's a cornerstone of the book. Really the, the first foundational item that I recommend to people is doing HR like a boss is to own, own everything you can in your span of control and run, run your business, your job, your role, your responsibility as a company. And, and a part of that is to get to know how, how does the company work? How do we make money? Right. Why are all these things so important? And kind of that trickle right. down effect that can happen yeah. when financials yeah. are off or when they're on, right? The, the good Absolutely. Happen. So yeah. Yeah, because they're not always good, right? They're that's part of the fun of uh, of being there. Sometimes you've got to make a business work when it's struggling, and that's a whole different game. No doubt. Well, last question, and it is the HR like a boss show. So I'm curious to get your take on how you would define someone that does HR like a boss. Yeah, I, so a phrase that I've used a number of times through my career and, and people would, you know, would talk about what you do, like beyond just, I would, I would talk about it as, you know, I'm a business person who happens to work in HR, right? And that to me is a differentiator of I'm a business person or I'm an HR person that happens to work inside this business, right? So that, that part of the mindset was really big to me. Uh, I think part of it then an approach, and we haven't really talked about this, I think an approach of working with people, I think HR like a boss is when you tell people what they need to hear, not what, not what they want to hear from you. Uh, and it's always been, a, I'd like to believe, a big cornerstone of who, who I've been. Uh, and th and these, this may be similar words to how you set this up, but I think if, as HR, if you're doing HR like a boss, when you're making decisions, you're making decisions as if you own the place, whether you do or not, right? It's that you, you can't make decisions about what's right for HR, just HR. It has to be much broader, right? You have to think above yourself on the org chart uh, and look at it that way. So those are a couple of my, the things that come to my mind the quickest. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head as it relates to I'm a business person that just so happens to practice human resources. That is one of the foundational mindsets, I think. And as a quick recap of what we talked about, I, I love when you mentioned how does a business work versus what it does. 
And I think in your in your in your initial statement around the purpose of HR was around the, the leadership mentality to kind of trickle down that impact not only on the people but on the business. And your your suggestion to always keep learning, even if that learning is outside of your comfort zone and what your industry is, or even your your discipline within HR. You mentioned your story about learning about sales. And then on, on the talent side, the kind of 51% plus on the fit and kind of the, the general connection from a core values perspective and being able to effectively focus on your and the employment brand and the, the experience that the candidate has. And I know we hit on kind of a passion thing for both of us at employee yeah. referral. So yeah. I really appreciate you being on the show and- uh, Great, well, thanks. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, Ron, very much. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to doing amazingly awesome HR.